Okay, so today we are going to talk about walking with the Holy Spirit and then specifically with joy. And it's not just regular, and it's interesting, the song selection, I didn't even know it until this morning, but man, there was, they were about walking with the Spirit and joy. It's, it's just phenomenal. Um, but it's not the kind of joy that's just, oh, I'm happy. It's the kind of joy that endures and, and the kind of joy that carries you through difficult times, the kind of joy that no one can take from you, that no one can rob you of. So that's the key. And so I like to paint pictures with scripture, and so I'm gonna read all sorts of scriptures to paint this picture, and then we'll, we'll hammer the points. Uh, and so we'll start with Proverbs 27:17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So ask yourself, what kind of countenance do I carry around? When I'm at work, at the grocery store in a rush, when I'm in my car, if you're Ken, you could ask when you're in traffic what kind of countenance you carry. We all know that he, uh, he struggles in traffic. <laughs> but what kind of countenance does God want you to carry around? And so my goal today is that through this truth and this scripture, it will sharpen your countenance. But it's not just for you. So when your countenance sharpens, it will be for those around you. You will sharpen the countenance of those in your sphere of influence, your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, the person sitting next to you right now, maybe. <laughs> you know, we're blessed to be a blessing and we're victorious, not just for ourselves. We're victorious so that we can help other people be victorious in the areas that we're victorious in. So a prophet, you know, the office of a prophet, their job, their primary job is not to prophesy. It's to teach others to prophesy and hear God's voice. It's to point others to the Lord. So Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So the victories in your life and how you live and how you respond to trials and how you carry yourself and your freedom from offense and your ability to forgive and the countenance you carry in traffic will be my witnesses. And it's not that you're going to do witnessy things, per se. Now, we know that you know, we're commanded to pray for people, lay our hands on people, and they'll recover, and the sick will recover, and cast out demons, and workings of miracles. We know that that will happen, but that's not what this is talking about. It's that your very life, how you live, how you respond to things, no matter what happens, that your life is being a witness. Okay, so let's take a poll. I want everyone in here to participate. That's how I get you guys awake, keep the blood moving. So if this is you, raise your hands. I'm not gonna embarrass you more than that. How many of you in here want to be Jesus's witnesses throughout the earth? Okay, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. Okay, everyone look around. You've all signed your lives away. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> but it's worth it. And, and I'm kidding, but I'm not. It's both. <laughs> Matthew 10, 38 through 39 says, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So that's the key, being a witness. You're losing your, your life for his sake. So this being a witness is a mandate from the Lord. And we're all to carry it, not just 
pastors, not just ministers, not just people in ministry. Carry it everywhere. So we're going to keep painting this picture. This is one of my favorite scriptures, and Ken actually read it last week. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. This is the Messiah mandate, and it first applied to Jesus, but it applies to every believer now. So let's read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So anytime in scripture, when there's a that, everything that preceded it is for the that. That they may be called trees of righteousness planted by the Lord. These trees are the Lord's witnesses to display his wonder, his glory. All right, do we have a picture of a tree? Oh, you, oh we're gonna put it back up, okay, good. So. In the natural, trees are super important, and I, have a, an, I love trees. So this is an amazing tree of life example. Um, I love trees so much that when my wife was away on a, a ladies' trip, she came home to an orchard planted in our yard. I had eight fruit trees, and it was very fun. I didn't think she'd want me to do it when she was there, so I just did it when she was gone. Forgiveness. <laughs> she practiced forgiveness. And I have an excellent uh, plan for the next time she goes out of town, so <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but trees are very important. So they provide shade, they protect soil, they hold water, they have roots that go you know, as wide as the canopy or wider. Um, and you know, it's interesting, trees of, of the same kind, when there's a tree that ha that's distressed, that's not getting enough nutrients, that's struggling, a mother tree like this, will send out extra nutrients to the distressed tree. It's pretty cool. It's of the same kind. It's like iron sharpening iron. So let's read more about trees. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Hmm. So being a tree of righteousness and not withering and prospering are all part of being Jesus' witnesses. And that word wither... I could also say that word could be translated today as burning out. So if you were to not wither, you can avoid burning out, right? You could, you could say it's a parallel. And I think probably many in this room have, you know, gone through something like this, um, especially in this geography, in this busy, individualistic, go, go, go society. But earlier this year, probably around April, March, April, I was burnt out. Uh, not, not physically, but emotionally. And not, not really spiritually, just everything. Emotionally, I was toast. Um, it, got, it got to the point, it was kind of interesting, 
I'd be sitting, not even standing, not running around, not driving, sitting at a desk, like just working. And I would physically feel, you know, like my body was going to give out. And not like it was an attack from the enemy. It was like, I'm carrying so much, uh, I don't even know what to do with it. And it's interesting, and I'm okay now, so you don't have to freak out. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, all the things I, would, I was doing weren't bad. They were all good, and they were all actually God. You know, uh, for example, God's called me to the business world, and God's called me to the church, obviously. Uh, and our business in 2021 had grown 36% in contracts, which is a lot. Uh, and then up to that point, March or April, we had grown like another 15% in 2022, which is a lot, and it was kind of nuts. And then I have three very energetic, lively boys that are wonderful that I have to be a good father to. And I have a very beautiful, amazing, strong-willed wife <laughs> that loves projects, except orchards. <laughs> and I have to be a good husband. And I pastor and lead people. I got to walk people into freedom and God wants me to do that. And I drum on an amazing worship team, and I have to you know, put time into that. Um, and believe it or not, God called me to buy an investment property that, about a year and a half ago that flooded before we ever used it or even stayed in it for fun. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> and through the process, God actually, there were divine relationships that formed with, with an unbeliever that we're, we're witnessing to. And if it hadn't happened, that would, have never, that would have never happened. So I know God used it. And then fortunately, God told us to sell it. So we got to get rid of it and I don't have to think about that one anymore. <laughs> but we still have the relationship. And so, so all these things were God. But if they were all God, why was I about to burn out? Yeah. And, you know, there, there's another reason. But the, what I'll say first is the only thing that kept me from burning out is the presence of God. So I would feel this weight. Oh, I didn't even say. I, I would have to go lay down on a couch, you know, when, multiple times, feeling like I was going to have a heart attack or a nervous breakdown or something. I didn't say that part. It was intense, you know. But then after I realized I'm laying there and like, oh, is this a nervous breakdown? Is that what this is? I said, no, I'm not allowing that. And I, I just went off to my room and got before the Lord and played worship, sat silently, danced, kneeled, sang, cried, wept. I just poured it all out. I said, God, you tell me what I need to get rid of. You tell me what I need to change, or you carry the weight for me, whatever needs to happen. Uh, and that was the only thing that kept me from burning out. Now, I had to learn to rest as well. And I want to publicly thank Michelle Haddock. Thank you. Sorry to embarrass you. But, <laughs> you know, you're very prophetic. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, but you sharing with Katie you know, walked Katie and I through learning how to rest, and she's read, you know, like three books on rest, and it's been amazing for me and her. Um, so thank you for that publicly. It was very, very awesome. So it was the presence of God. And as Psalm 1 says, Psalm 1 says, the tree being planted by streams of water. So the streams of water represents the Holy Spirit. So to not wither and to prosper you're planted by the Lord with the Holy Spirit, feeding you constantly, feeding your roots constantly. Mm. Oh, so good. I always tell Katie, life is not a sprint. 
It is a marathon. <laughs> she likes to get projects done and go, go, go. And, you know, if we did that for every project, we would absolutely burn out. <laughs> but, you know, I always, I always sing that song, and I'm not a very good singer, so I probably won't sing it now, but it's a Miley Cyrus song, the old school Miley. And it's called, it says, it's the climb. You know, because it's not the destination, it's the journey. And so it's, it's important. Okay, so you might be saying, Kevin, I hear your story. I hear all of your excellent, well-thought-out points. I get it. I get the scriptures. But what is the point? I'm not selfish. Why do I need to be a witness? Why do I need to prosper? Why do I need to not burn out? Well, I'm glad you asked. I know you're all thinking that. So let's read in Ephesians 3, verse 8. So this is Paul speaking. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, and we are the church, all of us are the church, Every single, whether we're in this building or not, we are the church, we're God's people, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So there it is. You being one of Jesus' witnesses is actually not for you. It's to display God's manifold wisdom to the heavens. So, and we're supposed to prosper, to do well, to be victorious, to not burn out, and to have a sharp countenance for God's glory. In fact, it should be blatantly obvious to those around you, to the world, to your coworkers, if you walk with the Lord, if you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, your daily life, not just your Sunday life. Okay, so my intro is done. I've painted this picture. And now we're gonna focus specifically on joy, where it comes from, and how to have more of it. And it's one of my favorite subjects. But you might ask, why do we need joy specifically? What for? Well, personally, when I'm full of joy, which I try to be very frequently, things don't impact me the same. So no matter what happens in life, <laughs> actually, I just thought of this funny thing. I was driving to church this morning in the rain, just cruising, lights green, car turned, I have plenty of room. I enter an intersection. I'm in the intersection, cruising like 40, and this beautiful BMW, brand new, comes shoom, straight across, and I would have nailed it. And I was like, oh, I could get mad, but this is hilarious. Look at this attack of the enemy trying to get me off my... <laughs> no, even, even if I got in an accident, or, you know, the, and, and the person was looking at me, as they ran in front of me, and I almost hit, like, almost like, see? It was, a, it was a funny face. I was like, that's weird. But it was very funny, and I just laughed. <laughs> so things don't impact me the same when I'm full of joy. And it's the kind of joy that people can't take from you. No one can take it from you. And we know the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus is not coming back for a slave girl bride. Jesus is coming back for a vibrant, free, joyful Proverbs 31 bride. Amen. Proverbs 31.25 says, 
She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. So where does that strength come from? We all know that scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Ask yourself, can you laugh at the days to come? Not knowing what they might bring. I believe you can if you're walking with the Holy Spirit. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we're commanded to rejoice always. We're not commanded to rejoice when the sun is shining or when it's not raining like today. So I got out. I, I don't really like rainy days that much. I really like the nice, breezy, non-humid days. I said, nope, i got to rejoice today. This is beautiful. Plants are being watered. You know, places that are having droughts are not having droughts, hopefully. It was good. <laughs> we know that in the world, people rejoice because they have joy. But in the kingdom, we have joy because we choose to rejoice. I'm going to say it again. We know that in the world, people rejoice because they have joy. But in the kingdom, we have joy because we choose to rejoice. So if we obey our command to rejoice, a natural fruit of that is that we will have joy in our lives. Okay, so I'm going to read two more scriptures and actually combine them with scriptural intent. <laughs> Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Luke 18, 17. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Okay. So the rewriting was scriptural intent. This is for sure. Whoever does not allow themselves to receive Righteousness through Jesus' blood, peace from the Prince of Peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, as a little child would receive these willingly, will not enter into the fullness of what the Father has planned and intended for them on this earth. I'm going to read it again. This is for sure. Whoever does not allow themselves to receive righteousness through Jesus' blood, peace from the Prince of Peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, as a little child would receive these willingly, will not enter into the fullness of what the Father has planned and intended for them on this earth. So walking with the Holy Spirit and inviting him into everything is absolutely 100% critical for being Jesus' witness and having joy. And we all know the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit of a life who walks with the Lord, these things will start to manifest over time. It's not right. You don't have to worry if it's not right away. Over time. Hmm. Oh, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. All right, can we put the other picture up? The second picture. 
So this is a picture of the walls and temple. Mm, that is super cool. It's my favorite picture I found. You know, I've made a personal habit of this scripture, Psalm 104. I try not to ever enter into his presence without thanking him and praising him. Okay, but let's take a look together about what that scripture actually looks like. So if you can, if you're comfortable, close your eyes. I'm going to close mine. Okay, so enter into his (laughs) gates with thanksgiving. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are love. I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Okay, so we've entered into into God's (laughs) gates with thanksgiving. So when you're inside God's gates, what army of the enemy can get you there? There are none. Okay? So now let's enter his courts. God, I praise you. I bless you. The name above all names, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, God my provider, God my healer. Okay? So now we're in God's courts. What fiery enemy, what fiery darts from the enemy can get you there? And, and fiery darts can be likened to lies of the enemy. You know, things the enemy would want you to agree with. Things about yourself that are not true. Your identity. What God said. Nothing can get you there when you're focused on him and his courts and his gates. And so it's actually a strategy for protection. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we know that joy comes from being in his presence. You can open your eyes now if they're still closed. So you want to keep them closed. That's fine too. So we know that joy comes from being in his presence. And if you're living a lifestyle of doing things without joy, you're actually living carnally and not of the spirit. But that's okay. Because God is good and he will draw you to him. So what if we're living that way? What if we don't feel his presence? What if we don't feel joyful? What do we do? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so there's an amazing scripture. You can turn there, Nehemiah 8 in the Old Testament. And I love scriptures that show in the Old Testament that show God's grace ahead of time. You know, before, before Jesus was here. You know, for example, uh, David, when he took the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the Tabernacle of Moses, and he brought it to the Tabernacle of David, and he put thousands of people before it worshiping 24-7. That was against the law. And I guarantee you, when they were worshiping for long sets, they were sweating. You know, in the old law, they would have died being before the ark sweating. You know, but it was God's grace. And God liked it so much, in fact, that he said, I'm going to reestablish this for eternity, what David did. And Rahab. So Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. And she hid Caleb and the other spies and protected their lives from the guards that wanted to kill him. And because of that, you know, her, her family, her, her life and her family's life were all spared. But not only were they just spared, her whole household, you know, this non-Israelite prostitute was woven into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. It's so awesome. Okay, so Nehemiah 8. Okay. For all you guys that have your Bibles, I trust your turn there. This is a great book, and it's really a book about rebuilding of a ravaged, unsafe, unprotected city, which in New Testament terms terms is like 
the rebuilding of a broken life. And so here's the context. Israel had first been without a temple as it was destroyed in a previous siege, and they had rebuilt the temple. And then Nehemiah was in a far-off land, and he heard that it had been decades, and the walls still had not been rebuilt. And when he heard that, he wept, just cried before the Lord, and then God commissioned him to go and take care of it. And so that's the context. They're in the middle of rebuilding the walls, and they're reading the scripture in the square to the people, and they're reading the law. And it had been decades also since God's people had heard the word of the Lord. So this is the first time they're hearing it. Okay, so, you know, new generation. They hadn't really heard it before, the young ones. And the old ones, maybe. It had been a long time. All right, so we'll start in Nehemiah 8, verses 1 through 3. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. So it was many hours of reading, many, many, many. Before the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And then we'll skip to verse eight. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for your neighbors. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, and here's where it comes from, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> so in verse 9, the people first heard the law, and they were mourning, because they had never heard it before, and they realized, and had after hours of listening, they were nowhere close to meeting up to God's standards and what he had set forth in the law. Yet the first command of Ezra was to have a feast, to have a celebration with your neighbors and your community, to choose joy, to rejoice, for the day was holy. But here's the best part of the story. God's people were commanded to have a feast and choose joy and celebrate before they had measured up to his requirements in the law, not after. So you're not perfect, go and celebrate. You haven't measured up, go rejoice with your community. The Lord has also commanded us to rejoice always. Rejoice always. Yes. Not only when we do the right thing, when we have a good day or when the sun is shining, not only when we've fulfilled any requirement that we have put on ourselves. We all put requirements on ourselves, but we rejoice regardless of if we live up to our standards. God hasn't put those on us. So we both receive joy from living a life with the Holy Spirit and in his presence, but we're also commanded to choose joy regardless of where we are on that walk. I'm going to say that again. So we both receive joy from living a life with the Holy Spirit and spending time in his presence, but we're also commanded to choose joy and to rejoice 
regardless of where we are on that walk. All right. So Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mm, I love that scripture. Okay, so I put together a list of practicals. I had pages and pages of notes, and, you know, they're all amazing, but I wanted to make it easy for you guys. So I trimmed it. I trimmed the fat. Okay, so we can start with the first list. Practical ways to increase your joy. One, and the list might come up or it might not, but either way. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. It came up. Hallelujah. I'm rejoicing. (laughs) Try different things. Talk to him. Worship. Pray. Sit quietly. Journal. Kneel. Cry. Dance. Be alone. Invite the Holy Spirit, and then wait on him. Waiting is a good one, too. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Okay, two. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I would encourage you to not let yourself go into God's presence without that attitude without thanking him and praising him. In emergencies, you can. God, let me not hit that car. That's okay, you can do that. (laughs) This will also keep you in God's protection. Okay, three, keep his commandments. So John 15, nine through 11. Ooh, John 15 is my favorite book of the Bible. I would encourage you to go read it, but these verses I will stick to. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. It's a big deal. Four, choose joy by rejoicing. It's a commandment. Five, choose joy during difficult times. So James 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that that context, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, it implies you'll also have joy. A lot of it. Joy ahead of time is a joy that anticipates good. Do you anticipate good when you imagine the outcome of your interview, of your meeting with someone, of anything? Do you imagine that it's going to go well? Anticipate good. Okay, six. Forgive everyone. Everyone. I don't mean just some people. Forgive everyone. Personally, I decided it was about two years ago, I spent multiple hours, two days in a row, by myself, asking the Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? And I went through my entire life, like, Lord, I forgive this teacher for when she embarrassed me in front of the whole class. Lord, I forgive this youth pastor 
when he said that he expected me to you know, sneak out and watch MTV and how it embarrassed me. Lord, I forgive that girl for when she lied to me and cheated on me. Lord, I forgive that guy in eighth grade that he punched me in the nose and I bled in front of the class. It's terrible. I'd actually forgive him though. <laughs> I've seen him since then. He's a good guy. <laughs> it, will, it will set you free. You know, uh, it'll, it will take any hooks the enemy has in you out. Because then when you think of that person, you can think to bless them and not this, this cringe thought of, oh, they did me wrong. Hmm. Seven. So I'd highly recommend that you do that yourself. That was implied. Seven, be unoffendable. Be unoffendable in all things. People are going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm probably going to not call you back someday or text you, or I'm going to be late to a meeting, or I'm never going to talk to you. Don't be offended. It's not on purpose. The person next to you might not smile at you next week. Don't be offended. People at work are not going to think of you and they're going to steal your promotion. Don't be offended. In everything, be unoffendable. This scripture is awesome. Ephesians 4.26, be angry. So it says, it's okay to be angry. (laughs) Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. So when you get upset about something, it's okay. Oh, it stunk. Oh, but I forgive them. I release them. Eight, you are what you eat. (laughs) So for me, I make it a practice of not watching the news very much. Like I read some articles, but I don't watch the news. I don't watch dark movies. You know, I don't watch sad things very much. It's just not helpful to me. For some people, it's fine. Now, action and blood and gore and killing, yeah. Does, does nothing negative to me. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> if I watch it, yeah, not if it happens to me. <laughs> uh, Philippians 4.8. And you guys know yourselves. So if you know something affects you, just cut it out. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So if anyone has the idea to start a positive news network, I will subscribe. That would be awesome. There's your million dollar idea. (laughs) (laughs) What we put in will come out when we're under pressure. So put in good stuff. Okay. All right, we're landing the plane. So if this has impacted you, and you feel that you want more joy from the Spirit, or you want the ability to choose joy more readily and easily and think about it, I would actually like to read a scripture over you and and prophesy that scripture over you. And then we're going to say a little prayer together. So if that's you, if you could stand, please feel free right now. I'm not going to make you pray for your neighbor. And if it's not you, it's okay. You can still receive. If you're sitting, it's totally fine. Okay. I'm going to read from Isaiah 55, 9 through 11. And close your eyes. Put your hands out if you're comfortable. If you're comfortable. Just so you're not distracted. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow 
come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Amen. Mm. Okay, guys, so now the activation. If you receive that from the Lord, that scripture, I want you to repeat after me. And I always find it's helpful to know what you're like repeating before you repeat it, because you got to agree with it. If you don't agree with it, don't say it. So if you have that last slide and you want to put it up, that would be great. And if you don't, you can repeat after me slowly. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So close your eyes and let's pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you and you can read back to me. God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you that you have said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I willingly receive these from you as a child would. I choose to be your witness, Jesus. Let my countenance sharpen. And let it sharpen those around me. Holy Spirit, I trust you. Please fill me anew right now. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for letting me preach to you and share the word today. I love you.